Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Oh, I would love to stay here, to be honest. Um, this offense is uh, unbelievable. Coaching staff is unbelievable. Um, it was up to me, yeah, of course. You know, why not? You get to play one of the best quarterbacks, you know, in the game. Um, so yeah, um, I knew it was a high power offense. Just looking at numbers and coming here, kind of just and kind of like last year, we were talking. We were kind of going the same thing. Like they were talking about it as far as like this is what their offense is, this is what they're doing, and actually not being here and actually being in it. Yeah, it's, Boy, I'm going to tell you what, BK, I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Uh, what You had a birthday. You got a birthday this week. This is a birthday week. And I thought for sure you're going to take this thing off, being that it is your birthday week. I thought for sure this was going to be a BK. Hey, fellas. Got the birthday this week. Uh, let me uh, let me get let me get the show off here, and uh, I'll be back. You see, he always like, gives hey. us plenty of notice. It's not like he just abruptly <laughs> takes shows. Off. I'm not gonna say. I'm not. Yeah, he, Monday would have been pre- plenty of notice. I'm just saying, Ron. I, I only take off when the Chiefs have a bye week, and I know Serta is gonna really give not. us the week off. I I know really that. True. I'm not the one that's out here taking off week one for an anniversary. That's, you that's not a, my style. You took off. No, you take them off. For, <laughs> take them off for Disney World trips. No, I. I uh, going no, to Disney just, World a lot. I'm just saying <laughs> that's, that's a thing you like to do, and I, I support it. It's a thing yeah. my wife likes to do, and I get tied into it. It's, yeah, it's you, guilty by association. Uh, now stop it. Okay, listen. I, I used to tell people, yeah, Real Housewives <laughs> is a thing that my wife likes to watch. And I just want to spend quality time until I've watched several episodes myself alone, which I'll do this Sunday. So, yeah, calm down, man. You get you ain't getting roped. Hey, in listen, there. It, it, not only it's not it was like, like, oh, God, we got to go to Disney World again. Oh, no, <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> Your ass is in there with with ears and everything. <laughs> no, I, I, I got that's where I draw the line. That's where I draw the line, and you know that to be true, Ron. Oh, I don't I'll do hell with that. I'm wearing ears. <laughs> I told my kids. I told my kids they got one, two tops trips to Disney World. As expensive that is, yeah. one or two tops, and I'm wearing ears. I'm I'm gonna have as much fun as them jokers are. Um, it, not only was it my 30th birthday this, this week, so it was, uh, it was yesterday. It was, it was a big one, Ron. Thanks for sending the text, by the way. Appreciate that from you. Uh, yeah. m- meant a lot. Wait until this. Um, here. And on top of that, tonight I had a wedding rehearsal for one of our friends. So, you know, it's, uh, I am committed to this show, yeah, to you, yeah, to Serta, yeah. to our, our, our wonderful boss and, uh, and friend and ally and Pete Sweeney, uh, big, big fan of all of the above. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, BK comes off as a full week celebrator of a birthday. No, BK but... he comes off as a, Thankfully, a because, because of his unbelievable commitment to the show, That's right. we've got an incredible sponsor like DraftKings. 
NFL Sundays, by the way, are only getting better. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code five questions that's five the word five questions and place a five dollar pregame money line bet to get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl with code five questions minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details sound like that that money train sponsor and uh and, and speaking of money train i'm telling you what boy juju smith Juju Smith-Schuster, he ain't no fool, baby. He see that money train. He got a taste of this Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes lifestyle, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy lifestyle, and he said, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stay my ass right here. Let me be a part. I'm not missing that money train. I'm going to declare it now. This is my negotiating skill. Hey, I want to be here forever. As long as 15 is here and Andy is here, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, I mean, he thought he had it good early in his career. But as long as these jokers is here and everybody looking at 87 and I can just run free in the middle of the field, I'm not missing that money train. I want to declare right now where I'm going. I, I hear you, Juju. I respect the hell out of that. I'm telling you, if I'm Juju, I, you know what? Juju needs to be the leader for a lot of folks. If I were Clyde, I'd come out right now. Hey, listen, um, I just want to be here. This is where I want to be. I don't want to go nowhere long term. If I were McColl, I'd come out right now. Hey, this is where I want to be right here. This is my spot. I'll take a deal right now. If I'm 7-7. Seven, seven, the the old Danny right Duffy, b- bury me a chief. Bury me a chief. <laughs> bury me a Mahomes supporter. I always got you right now. There is room for somebody to replace Garrick Dieter, and I would be that guy. <laughs> I'd be that guy. I'm telling you, and if you're a little bit better, like Juju, Juju is eyeing. He said himself, I'm about to be his Draymond. I'm got to be his, I'm about to be his Draymond. Draymond. He's eyeing a dynasty. Draymond, dynasty. Draymond ain't no fool with disrespect. Every person on that team except Steph. And he is, I mean, he has got, got everything for him. I'm Juju. I give him credit, baby. Juju said he want to be here forever. I hear you. Here's the problem. What do you give him? Like, I'm in favor of signing Juju Smith-Schuster long-term. I don't think I would do it right now. I'd wait till the end of the season, make sure everything goes smoothly. He's had injury issues in his past. But I'm here. I loved the Juju Smith-Schuster at the moment that it was signed. I still like it, and I think that it has worked out exactly as everybody could have anticipated. He's going to be 27 years old next year at the start of the new deal. So it's not as if this is like a 30 plus year old player. This is exactly the type of wide receiver that Brett Veach would typically try to sign in free agency because he's very young. And so you get him at the front end of that, that contract where you get in those prime years still. But are you giving him like the Amari Cooper deal? Are you giving him five years, a hundred million dollars? Oh, go to hell. I, I mean, that's the market now though. Like if Juju ends up with a thousand yards this year, which seems very much in play, that's the kind of deal he's going to be looking for. Like Christian Kirk is not a great wide receiver. He got four and 72. He got $18 million per year. 
is that going to be like 18 to 20 million is probably what he's going to be looking for, right? Yeah, we're going to slide between that 10 and 15 is where I Ooh. am. And, 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 oh, you can shake your head. I, and maybe he wants more. My man didn't been clear. Allen Robinson deal, you think? Like a three year, $45 million deal? I don't know that he that signs feel, that. that. That feels more right. Well, I, listen, he clearly wants to be here, right? He's come to the media and clearly wants to be here. Yeah, he can probably go somewhere and get big money. And I just don't think Brett Veach and Andy Reid are going to overpay for him. Like, I think they like him, but like, Listen, what'd you say? He's 26. He'll be 27. Yeah. Hey, man, my, my man ain't necessarily aging great already right now. Like, he di- like he doesn't seem as, ex- as explosive uh, as he was even early in his career. I mean, but he's – I mean, he's making a way. But he's not – like, this isn't a dynamic playmaker, which at times you thought he might be. I mean, he's a strong possession receiver that at times is just playing a second tight end uh, at, at, at times. So – like, let's not get crazy to start talking about, like, explosive, like, giving him money like he's an explosive player of some sort. Because, I mean, listen, they, they've, they've got options there where I think they can get that production at a much cheaper rate. So I don't think you're going to go crazy and, over, and overpay for it. I'm curious how this plays out with Juju because when they signed Juju, when they signed MBS, I always thought it was weird that Juju got the one-year deal and MBS got the two-year contract. And you know, they can get out of that deal if they really want to. But I think that Juju is clearly the better player. And coming into the season, we were all like, Juju's going to be a big part of this offense. MBS will kind of see how it plays out. And we've seen exactly who MBS is. He's He's a big play threat. He's going to have boomer bus games here and there, but he's not a reliable week to week target. There's a lot of value in what Juju brings to the table in just being that reliable possession wide receiver and the wide receiver market exploding his age, the wide receiver market being terrible next season. It could all play into him signing a huge contract somewhere else. But this is also a guy who took less money to go back to Pittsburgh last season. And He's already got a lot of money because he's got a ton of endorsements, endorsement deals. He's got huge social media following. So he is a kind of one of those kinds of players where it might not necessarily be all about the money that he's cashing from the NFL because he's got so much money coming in from other different places. So it could be, I want to stay in Kansas City, let's take a discount. It just depends on what the discount is because if it is $15 million a season, I'll give Juju that right now. But if it's 20 plus a season, I'm not interested in that in any way. And I don't think it'll be more than 20. I think 20 is the absolute ceiling that you would see on any kind of a deal like this. And the reason why I brought up Amari Cooper is just because like uh, Amari is kind of the inconsistent player who's had some injury history as well. And he was young whenever he signed that deal. So they signed it because they, they thought there was more upside there. So I think that's the absolute ceiling on a deal like this. And some of that, as you know, Ron and Serta, that, that could be funny money at the back end as well, right? The Tyreek Hill deal that we talked about over the summer, he got like $30 million in terms of the average annual value. But a lot of that is fake money where it's closer to a real $25 million deal. So Juju Smith-Schuster, even though it says on the contract when he signs on the dotted line that maybe it's 18 to 20 it's probably closer to a $15 million per year deal. I could also see them signing him to a five-year deal just to like keep him in long-term and it'll help them to spread that money out over future years. So I don't want to get too locked up into like what the exact figure is. 
I think we're all in favor of signing him, though. This experience has been exactly what the Chiefs and I think what Juju Smith-Schuster were hoping for. The only thing that's disappointing is that it's a year later than what they had expected it to be. He should have been a Chief last year. Yeah, I just yeah, I just think you got to be smart with it though. He's just not somebody you got to pay. Like, and I like we're we're start we're, we're talking about him being in the range of guys like DJ Moore, which I don't think he's in the Mike Mike Williams is making twenty a year with the Chargers. You brought up Amari Cooper twenty, Chris Godwin twenty a year. Chris Godwin that's kind I of think the comp, right? Isn't Chris the Godwin closest, the comp? kind of the closest? But I still think Godwin is. Uh, is a better player and has more explosiveness than Juju does. They play around the same part of the field, but I, I think you, if you clearly look at him, there's there's a, a difference. Like he's got to play off of uh, of Kelsey. Like that is like that is how he. It, it, there's not a lot of him getting there by himself. I, I, I'm with it, but I think he's also declaring this early. Let's you know that as Serta was saying, I think he'd be a little open to doing something. But by the way, real quick, before we I just said we ain't got to spend a lot of time on this. But last week against the Titans, because obviously, if you all listen to this podcast, like I know you all do, uh, this thing did not go at all the way that we had predicted this thing (laughs) to go. Um, Every last one of them, one of us in some variation. Oh, this thing ain't gonna be close. This thing ain't gonna be close. I believe, I believe BK said, I just don't know how the Titans even stay in this game. And we were saying that with Ryan Tannehill potentially playing. And then we saw, I don't trust you at all, Malik Willis playing. And it was, and I'm thinking it's it's even gonna be worse. They had to go to overtime with these jokers, had to had to come back and score a touchdown and get three chances at a two-point conversion to get it. And they finally won uh, on, with a field goal. But this is this is this is this just a – you play some bad games, you got to flush it down the toilet, or is this a pause to call or a cause to pause right now with this team at all? I, I just we ain't going to spend a lot of time on it because I, 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 I don't know where I am right now uh, on, on that situation. Yeah, I think a lot of it just comes down to like, that was a weird game. I mean, you look at that box score, and if I showed you, Ron, the box score without showing you the score, you would have been like, oh, that was a blowout. It went exactly as all of us anticipated. The Chiefs, 30 first downs, the Titans had nine plays, 91 to 48 yards, 500 to 220 red zone. Chiefs were two out of four, and that's where it gets tough. Like, Chiefs did not convert in the red zone. They ended up having way too many penalties in that game, and they turned the ball over. And that's how they ended up keeping it close. I would also just add, like, I think Mike Vrabel, in terms of game management, is probably the best coach in the NFL right now. I'm not sure that there's anybody that goes into individual games with a better game plan regularly than Vrabel. He knew exactly what he needed to do, what the Titans needed to do in that game to keep it close. And that was to make it into a street fight. And the Chiefs did not respond well. You look at the running game. It was an absolute disaster for the Chiefs, and they just had no balance whatsoever. Derrick Henry takes off a couple of big plays, and that's really all it took for them. So they muddied it up. They finished the game with five completions and somehow went to overtime against the Kansas City Chiefs when the Chiefs threw for more than 400 yards through the air. I, It was just one of the stranger games that I think we will see this season. 
this is not me excusing it completely, but I think that's the explanation is just like, it was a really weird game. And that tends to happen when you play against Mike Vrabel and the Titans. Yeah. I, to me, I, I, I would lean to lean towards flushing it just because so many people just were like, what was like, what was that? Like, <laughs> this was rough. Like your, kick, your kicker out of nowhere is just like, he can't make extra points. Like, and, and, and he can't make, 40-something yard field goals, and this is one of the most reliable kickers in the game. He's he hurt just, right now. That yeah. I think that's going to be a problem moving forward. Well, he's something. Um, and and then like even like you know Kelsey's dropping balls. Like like I'm like, hey Doug, what you so mad about? He's throwing his helmet on the ground. I mean, chill out. It's the first half against the Titans. He's fired up. He had problems. McCole Hardman dropped. Uh, you know, third downs, the offensive line was God awful. Every one of them were taking turns at it um, at times. I mean, just really bad. Run game was bad. I, I, I don't know exactly if if Andy and Eric should feel great about there. So I just think so many guys at the second half, the defense was completely dominant. So many guys just had just unusually bad nights. Even Mahomes, like Mahomes ended up, you know, making huge plays that we kept seeing a lot. But I mean, he, I mean, he missed throws. I mean, this was a game where as Mahomes can say the hell with technique with his feet, it did not help. He missed throws because his feet weren't set. He just missed McCole Hardman again for a touchdown screaming down the middle of the field uh, near the red zone. He just missed some, some stuff in that game. So even him as great as he ended up being in the plays he made, like everybody just seemed to be off that night. Um, and so I, I'll flush it and not say this isn't this is a cause to pause about things, but it sure as hell didn't look right. I sure as hell thought a couple of times they about to lose this puppy to Malik and Willis. And despite that, Ron, everything's still on the table. And this was my biggest surprise That's of the week. Thing. Yeah. Like I I didn't see this coming. I thought after the Chiefs lost that game against the Bills, the Chiefs were now fighting for the two seed in the AFC because that tiebreaker is so significant. And then the Bills lose to the Jets. They have looked superhuman or like not superhuman. They have looked very human over the last few weeks. Josh Allen is now hurt. We don't know what his status is for the game this weekend. He hasn't practiced all week and they got a tough game against the Vikings who are seven and one that no one believes. Seven and one frats for sure, for sure. But with Case Keenum, oh no, could beat the Bills like that. That's very much in play going into. I don't know if they're frauds, but go ahead. They're frauds. I don't know if they're frauds in that conference. Go ahead. I think they're the the remember when the Titans was it just last year had the number one seed. Yeah, Uh, that's that's what this year's Vikings team is like. Nobody's going to pick them in the playoffs, and I think for good reason. I think they're a pretty good team. I just don't believe in them long term. But like, I hear you. They just don't have no Chiefs or Buffalo over there. In that, in that conference, like 100%. But anyway, go but, ahead. Like, you look at where the Chiefs stand right now. They're tied with the Bills atop the AFC at 6-2. and two. The Bills could easily lose this week. And if they do, Chiefs suddenly control their own destiny once again, where they could yeah. now end up as the number one seed in the AFC. The schedule has now opened up. It is easier in the second half than it was in the first half. Man, I... I thought this team was going to be potentially better than it was a year ago and would have a worse record because of the way that the schedule set up. They put themselves in position, though, despite the weird loss against Indy that is completely inexplicable, even more so now looking back, and the bad loss against Buffalo. 
man, everything is still in front of this team. It does feel like the Chiefs are in the driver's seat now with, with everything that's up in the air with Josh Allen. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does not play this weekend. It seems like it would be the smart thing to do because they're, they're being so weird and cautious about his elbow injury right now. That it seems like it would, it would be the smart thing to do for them to hold him out because – and, and his play has been declining a little bit. Like, I still think that Buffalo, when healthy, is a powerhouse NFL team. But he played terrible last week against the Jets. And then he got injured. And now the entire season is really in jeopardy. But when you start to look at the Chiefs' schedule, it's like, Chargers, just cut a first-round pick on Thursday. Um, Rams, terrible this season. Bengals, okay, let's see what happens. But Bengals not as good. Broncos, the Chiefs, Chiefs will be up for Texans, that game. Yeah, Texans disaster. Yeah. Seahawks better than you thought, but Chiefs should still win that game. Broncos again, and then Raiders, who also just cut another first round pick this week, and might and have may, a different and, coach at that point. Yeah, and may and may have fired their coach already. Yeah, like it, it's it's all it's all falling in the place for the Chiefs to run the table and, and put this thing together well, uh, and be the top team in the AFC. And 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 here is the point that I I would say too, BK, to what you're saying. It is all in front and everything you just rattled off there. So it is. Like I don't think they have to be perfect. Like I don't think Buffalo is not Buffalo. Don't have two more losses in them. I mean they 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 very well. And I looked at their schedule and I wondered, but this isn't just the if. Josh Allen throws another curveball that he's going to have to have Tommy John surgery. Like it's not just that it is like, they're not as, they're not as good as maybe ones would thought. And boy, when they dominated the Rams, you're like, Jesus boy, look at them. Okay. Well now we've watched them. We've watched the Rams and we wonder about that, about, you know, some of these wins, but yeah, look, the at the, Jets, look at their offense just over the last like, six games man it's 19 against miami it's 23 against baltimore 24 against kc 27 against a terrible green bay team and then last week 17 against new york this is not the same offense that we were expecting them to be and the way they've had to win is not sustainable and we're seeing it right like now he's injured all right You, you know the way that the chiefs played against the Titans sunday they've played many games like that to where he's thrown it 50 times or 60 times. They played a, a, a few games like that. They don't run it consistently enough. And we'll see in the second half because teams are starting to stop them. But like you said, man, they, they're not putting up all these points that, that that you would think they are. All right. Um, what is it? What does Pete have? Pete, man, Pete, y'all, y'all been struggling a little bit. I ain't going to lie to you, man. Y'all been struggling. Y'all need to pick it up, sir. Well, do you want to wait for the picks? Do you want to see what he has to offer this week? I'm just week? saying, man. I hope so. I'm just Great saying. Trash what he has. I'm not trashing him. I'm just saying y'all need to pick it up. Parlay, my office. Five minutes. We'll, like, play the same game at the same time. The Arrowhead Pride Same Game Parlay with Pete Sweeney, presented by DraftKings. All right, here we go. It's another Arrowhead Pride same game parlay ride with Arrowhead Pride. I'm Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and I'm coming to you today with some honesty. We have not won a parlay since week one, so we recognize this at Arrowhead Pride, and we're going with the Chiefs 101 parlay this week. So we think the Chiefs will cover nine and a half. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, who come in at three and six. We think Patrick Mahomes is going to have 250 yards 
And we think Travis Kelsey, who is up there in touchdowns in the NFL, will have a touchdown in this game. It's as simple as that. The Chiefs cover. Patrick Mahomes goes for 250. And Travis Kelsey with a touchdown. We're going to win for the first time since week one. This is the Arrowhead Pride same game parlay. Ride with Arrowhead Pride. Right. Listen, man. I, I want to know what the odds are on that. That's got to be like two to one. <laughs> listen, I'm gonna tell you what. I, I, I've had it's not some a lot issues. of money. It's not a lot of money. We just got to get a win. We got to get a I, win. Get back in the green here. A little risky I, going with Kelsey, who hasn't scored a touchdown since week five. By the way, listen. Let me That'd say this. Yeah, okay. I'll say this. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of issues with with Pete Sweeney, and like Brandon Cook said today, I'll keep those internal. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but Pete ain't is no. He trying fool. to ruin your career too. If He's Pete trying to no... do to you what Texans did to you or did to Cooks. Listen, that's a whole nother topic. But <laughs> Pete, but Pete, Pete ain't no fool. Uh, he, hey, listen, I got to get on the board here. Patrick Mahomes, two hundred fifty yards. Yeah, I'll try it. Yeah, Kelsey in the end zone. I'll try. Hey, you got to get a win. You got to get on the board here. It's not the biggest payout. We just got to make sure we get you guys some. No, we got to get a win, man. The look in his yeah. eye. I wonder if Ron signed eye. that big bloated contract and then realized that he was doing a show with us, Serta. And now he's disappointed. Now he's lashing out in all we're, directions. I mean, we're we're one and seven right now. <laughs> the season's lost. Seven. You're struggling. Hey, man, you got to You got to come back, man. You got to get dubs, man. You got to string some weeks together now. <laughs> you got to get a couple of dubs. Any any rice on that schedule? Um, yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, we do this every uh, every week when the Chiefs have the ball. Let me tell you what my focus is. I am uh, extremely frustrated. This is, I really don't like, I don't want to give away my prediction later. I, I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to have a lot of problems in this game. Um, but the number one thing that I am watching in this game is the Chiefs have to run the football. They have to give them something and have to run the football. What they did Sunday is not sustainable. Patrick Mahomes can't drop back 68 times in games, not, especially in games where they're trying to get somewhere. And he had to drop back 68 times because that running game was just straight doo-doo. Doo-doo. It stunk from the start, stunk in the middle, stunk at halftime. Stunk in the third quarter, stunk in the fourth quarter, and they didn't even allow it to stink in overtime because to hell with it. It was awful, awful. They're, they've got to be better than that. They have to. And I'm going to say, BK, I don't think it's as simple as it's just on the running backs. They don't have good running backs or their offensive line isn't, isn't good. I think one, I think everybody can take a bite out of this apple. When you go 13 carries, for 14 yards, you take away what Patrick Mahomes did. That's what your running backs did. 14 carries for 13 yards. That is absolutely unacceptable and not sustainable. And for me, I, I, I think it's at everybody. And I, I, I tend to lean from what I've watched all season. I'm pushing this towards Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. They're just not very creative right now in the run game. The Chiefs at, at all. I mean, it is pretty clear how they run it. It seems like they run it on like three or four different ways that is the same all the time. It seems like they run out of the shotgun all the time and try to run the same type of run plays, and it is clearly, clearly uh, easy to detect. 
I mean, I think his name's David Long Jr., 05-1 for the Titans. Every single one of the run plays, he was coming shot out of a cannon, and he could see exactly what it was. There is no creativity. It's not just guys getting their ass kicks up front, but the same things that they tried to do against Tampa, they tried in this game, but there's a thing like you got to mix it up. There's got to be different ways that you run the football, and with how creative those guys are on that offensive staff, it just has to be better and more creative than what they're doing. So I, I I almost put more of it at the feet of them and their create lack of creativity in the run game right now. When you take into account the opponent, Ron, what do you think was the best offensive performance by the Chiefs this year? Taking okay. into account what they went up I against. I think the Bucks. The Bucks. I think that's what I think I would probably go with as well. And the reason why is because it was it was everything, right? Like you had the running game and the passing game married, and they they were able to do it all. On the ground that day, you had Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 19 carries for 95 yards. You had Pacheco. That was one of his breakout performances, 11 carries for 63 yards. And then for whatever reason, they what they were doing in that game, it's not just the production, right? I'm not doing the box score game-watching thing. No, like they were doing different things schematically in that game. And they've completely gotten away from it. They like showed it for a game and then it was like, oh, okay, they're they're going to do the gap scheme stuff. And then it was just gone. It disappeared as quickly as it reappeared. And I don't understand why it worked against one of the better run defenses in the league. And now against these other opponents that they're going up against, they've just completely abandoned all of those things. Now, some of this I think is as simple as, their best run blocker just in terms of like the the pure ability is Trey Smith. And I think he's hurt. And I think he has not played very well this season. And as a result of that, I think they're not getting the same push up front. So that's part of it. I, I think that's a big part of what we're watching here. But another part to your point is just their, their schematics, their, what they're trying to accomplish with their running game is awful. He just hasn't worked so far this year. So that's something that against the Jaguars, this is a defense that you should be able to run against. Their defensive line is super talented, but... I was going to say, it's not a bad defensive line. No, it's okay. They're, they're a de- they've got some talent on that side of the ball, but this is not an imposing group. And then over the next couple of weeks against the Chargers and Rams, man, those teams would love nothing more than for you to run right up the gut. They, they will give you everything in the running game. So this is where it should start to get corrected. I don't need them to run for a buck 50 against the Jags, but just show a little bit something compared to what they've been. Cause it's been awful. It can't be 14 yards. Sort of. No, yeah. I mean, I mean it can't be that. yeah, it can't be that bad, but I think some of it gets put on the running backs. Right. And I think that the chiefs have no idea who the best running back on their team is right now. Like, like, I think that's pretty clear. They want it to be Isaiah Pacheco. But I don't know that it is. And we had such high hopes for him coming into the season. Like, let's be real here. So far, he looks like we've seen some pop from him. We've seen that, yes, he is explosive. He runs really hard, but he runs into tackles like 90% of the time. <laughs> like, like he does not, he's not shifty. He doesn't dodge. He doesn't find the lanes. Like, he just doesn't have very much vision as a player. And, Clyde's not explosive. Jarek McKinnon is probably the best at both things, but the Chiefs are afraid that he's not going to stay healthy if they give him too many snaps. And so they're trying to figure all of that stuff out right now. And I would argue that the Bucs game 
the reason they approached it that way had more to do with game script and saying this Tampa Bay defense was more exploitable against the run, which we have seen this season. Than they have been over the last like four years, like they're, they're worse against the run this season. Than they have been over the last several years where they've been a top three run defense in the NFL. And so I think the chiefs just saw that exploited it for that particular matchup because it was not something you would expect from the chiefs, right? Like you never expect the chiefs in a primetime game against a team like that. Oh, they're just going to come out and smack you in the face with the running game. And so I think that had more to do with the game plan and they're fine throwing the ball, but it's just a matter of getting the blocking figured out and figuring out which running back needs to be on the field more, because I don't think they have any idea right now is what I'm gauging by every single week. We've got this three running back by committee and none of them are really accomplishing anything with any of the snaps that they're getting. Yeah. They, they were getting hit straight up in the backfield. Like in that, I mean, in that game, like, I mean, it was, like I, I, I can hear you. I, I'm not a huge fan of, of Pacheco's vision. I think he misses holes often in cutbacks, but many times they're like, "Oh God, it was a four yard gain." Which, if he had good vision, it'd have been more. There was no gain to be had in this game, and I and 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 to me, it wasn't just guys getting their asses kicked up front. It was guys huh. detecting it like immediately. I mean, David Long Jr. I felt like every running play was in the backfield on the handoff. The Titans like, run shit. defense is legitimately shot elite. out of a can. It's legitimate. It's, it's it's really good. It's legitimate. I watched one of the sorriest teams in the NFL play them the week before, and 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 get yards. They didn't get yards. That's they the thing. Open. Like you don't, you didn't don't need them to yard. run over them. You just needed them to be to look competent to keep yourself to keep the Titans honest. And that's that's something like by the end of the second half or by the end of the first half, the Chiefs knew like they we can't run to, the ball. Yeah, they had to throw it in the trash. That can't be that can't be what the what they're doing. And they gotta they gotta get better than that. Hey, any concern? I know you guys. Well, I know this is gonna be hard for you. What's the word, Serta, on McCall Hardman? There's, there's potential that he may not go in this game, right? I know he didn't practice yeah. on Wednesday so, and Thursday. It's not a great sign. He he popped up on the injury report on Wednesday with an abdominal injury. He has not practiced this week. Uh, we'll see what happens on, on Friday afternoon. But the way the Chiefs tend to play these things is like they generally are not like, oh, well, he practiced in limited fashion. Now he's questionable and he might play on Sunday. I would tend to lean towards he's probably not going to be available if he hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday this week. Yeah, four touchdowns in the last two games for him. Uh, he's been one of their their best offensive players this year. And, uh, I mean, they've got guys. Tony, obviously, who they just brought in. Sky Moore. Uh, who I'm not sure I'm not sure where Woo! he is in their minds right now. I know where he is on yours, but I mean, Most underutilized offensive weapon on the team, if you ask me, in the league. <laughs> um, but McCall Hardman, I know for even you guys and even most people listening at the start of the season, probably didn't think it would be an important loss if he's not playing in a game. It would be very important. I think they should hold him out. I think that they should they can be able to get past the Jags without him to make sure he gets right and to be back the week after. But I mean, he has been a huge part of this offense. As I said, four touchdowns in the last two games. 
I mean, it, 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 there's somebody's got to pick up for what he's doing. I don't like saying this, Ron. This is sad. why? Because I don't like giving you credit, but I will give credit where it is due, not only to you, but to McCole Hardman. Just give it to McCole, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. But you can go ahead and give it to me as well. Did, if you need to drop a wide open, crucial third down conversion against the Titans. We don't need that now. We don't need that right now at all. There's no reason. It's just I don't know why you're rooting against it. Hit him right in the face mask. I don't know why you're rooting against it. Has basically become their Sammy Watkins. And they needed a Sammy Watkins. Now, he goes about it a little bit differently. Yes, he's utilized more in that gadget role, and he's not winning with, like, the physicality or anything. But these are his game logs over the last four weeks, Ron. Four catches on five targets for 73 yards. The next week, three catches, 42 yards on four targets, had a touchdown. Then that San Francisco game, which was impressive, four out of four on the targets, 32 yards, had a touchdown through the air, added two more on the ground. And then this past week, caught six of his nine targets for 79 yards and a touchdown. He's caught at least 66% of his targets in each of his last eight games for the Chiefs. And they had to have all of them. A lot of those are close to the line of scrimmage, so they should be higher percentage targets. But that has not always been the case with McColl because previously there were some times where it would be like a four-game stretch where he's catching 50% of his, his targets. McCall Hardman has been really good for the Chiefs this year, and they've needed him to be really good this year. So I'll give him that credit, and I will be very curious to see if he does end up missing what they do. And if I had to project, Ron, my guess would be you see a little bit more of Kadarius Tony than Sky Moore this week. Oh hell, we saw a lot. We saw a lot more. I I believe we saw a lot more of Kadarius Tony than I thought we were going to see against the Titans. Hell, he was there on the first drive. He only played so, nine snaps, but it felt like you noticed him on every single one of those snaps. Meanwhile, Sky Moore finished with 26, and I think you might have noticed him on like two of those. Sky Moore was out there for 26 snaps? Apparently. I didn't I, it didn't feel that I'm way. Sorry, it did I, not I feel that way. That I'm not even trying to be be funny. I, I 26 snaps? They isolate the, the way that they put him on the field on is almost more discouraging than the fact that he's not getting on the field very often when he's out there. He's on like the backside of the play completely isolated and they typically don't even look his direction. He's just he's a distraction out there. It, it It's it's surprising to me. I didn't expect it to go this route. But if I had to guess, I think Kadarius Tony's going to get more targets this Absolutely. week than Sky Moore will. Listen, McColl. As much as uh, it sort of despises it, McColl, he's fine. He's a fine offensive weapon. It's not a wide McC- receiver. He's actually a really good number three wide receiver for them this year. McColl, N- number three pass catcher. Yeah, behind number Travis three, and, and yeah. Listen, he's a wide receiver. I don't know what you're doing. Um, he's, there he's is a really good job. There is as an offensive weapon. And season. listen, and here's the deal: is you rattle off those numbers, and he's been. He he's been wide open where Mahomes has not given him a chance to drop it to where he'd have been like he had a walk-in touchdown that Mahomes just missed him in in this game against the Titans that would raise his numbers mm-hmm. again. And that's not the first time that he has been rolling in the middle of the field open or times where he's been missed. Um so I, I think I think the biggest thing for him is 
for this team, wide receiver wise, there is nobody that gets more consistent separation than him. Like that, than him. Like MVS does sometimes. And Juju's out here, boy. Hey, uh, hey, man, Pat's out here throwing darts uh, and having hit him. Like with, with, with people, he's not grabbing a lot of separation. But nobody consistently as a wide receiver gets more separation than him, which is should be make for easier throws. Yes, that ball hit him in the face mask, but he ran that guy off of covers. That guy wasn't in the camera screen, right? And that that one drop is disappointing that Sert is hanging on to God's unchanging hand for for some reason. <laughs> but it, it, <laughs> I don't know why, but like it, it, it's clear they're gonna they're they're they they're going to miss him. And I, I'm with you, BK. I think Kadarius Tony is the best person to replace that, whatever it is you want to call it, wide receiver play, weapon play, whatever. Whatever has resulted into four touchdowns in the last two games, and not to mention another wide open one that they just missed on. I mean, they've got to – somebody's got to fill that up because they're – like they don't win these games if he doesn't play the last two weeks. I'm they sorry. can overcome this against Jacksonville, but it, like if they were playing That's against why I think Cincinnati, you don't play him. Yeah. agreed. If they were playing like week 13, they travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. And I, I don't know. I would imagine at that point, Jamar Chase will be back. If they didn't have him against the Bengals with Jamar Chase, I think it would be a really big deal. And we'd be talking about it as potentially being a significant factor and whether or not they win or lose the game. And I, I didn't see that coming this season. I know you did, Ron, and that's why I got to give you your props. I don't like doing it, but I did not foresee this being the case. And and this will be interesting to see is like we thought Kadarius Tony could be all for next year. If they had plans for Sky Moore, is Kadarius Tony filling the void of whatever those plans are? And this, if Hardman doesn't play, especially this week, is a is a good gauge to see that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. Instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, um, when Jacksonville has the ball, I think I'm pushing this to to you guys. And BK, is this just as simple as when the Jags have the ball, like they've got a limited amount of people that can really hurt you, and that's just what you have to do is not allow them to hurt you? Yeah. I, I mean, this isn't as simple as it was against the Titans. Against the Titans, you knew, hey, if you slow down Derrick Henry, you don't even got to stop him, but if you slow him down, they can't do anything else. That's the only offense they had with Malik Willis out there. It's not to that same degree, 
But Travis Etienne and Christian Kirk are the only guys that can really scare you. Kirk can get over the top. He's I, I know he's overpaid, and everybody got their jokes out over the offseason about how much the Jaguars ended up paying him. He's a good player, and, and he makes their offense better because of that. And Travis Etienne, I, I thought they overdrafted him last year. Everybody, got, again, got their jokes off about Urban Meyer needing that t- type of player. Well, he's been really good for them this year. He's averaging almost six yards a carry. He helps them out a little bit in the passing game as well. But outside of that, man, they got nothing. Like, it's the corpse of Marvin Jones out there. Zay Jones will have a couple of big plays a game, but really he doesn't I think, do I a think whole lot for him. You're not worried about Evan Ingram? I, I would add Ingram to it. I would add Ingram. No, Evan Ingram is one of the – I would add Ingram to it. No, no. Evan Ingram once upon a time was a good player. He no longer is. That that guy stinks. Everybody's had Evan Ingram and cut him on their fantasy team for the reason. I don't think he stinks. He's having an okay season. I just just because you're saying no, the way that you're saying it with that inflection in your voice. It's dismissive. It's it's a dismissive. It's very very dismissive. (laughs) It was bordering on disrespect with a head shake to add to it. No. no. Listen, I, I think he's someone to add to it. Because, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they're going to attack him. But, I mean, yeah, the, Travis Etienne and, and, and Christian Kirk uh, are guys they should stop. And and they actually play to the hands of, of the Chiefs. Like, to me, I mean, the linebackers that they have, Willie Gay and Bolton, they're, you feel pretty good with the way they're playing the run up front to get Etienne, who's not big. And I think they can hit him to force turnovers. And then Christian he's Kirk, got, he's got fumbling problems. Yeah, and, and Christian Kirk, he, uh, I mean, he's he's generally in the slot, and that goes right to the best corner for for the Chiefs and Snead. So I, I think Here's they play in for you, Ron. Yeah, I I actually think I might play it a little different this week. I don't think the Chiefs will do this, but because Christian Kirk plays in the slot so often, and he is a smaller wide receiver that wins with speed. Would you consider moving McDuffie to the slot and playing him one-on-one there out of the slot more often than not this week? I, I'd love to see it. I, I, I want, like, uh, to be honest, defensively, that, that to me is probably my number one thing I'm watching. Because everything is, like, once again, this is a game, and I'm going to be honest, last week was a game I didn't sense going the way it did. But this is a game to me where I, I feel like I will never believe the Chiefs are going to lose. I don't think they're ever uh, going to be in trouble, especially coming off with the week they played in. Um, so, like, the num- one of the number one things I'm looking at is, all right, I want to see how this kid, Trent McDuffie, starts to progress. He had missed all that time with the injury. And last week they played against Tommy Frazier in Nebraska, uh, <laughs> where, they were, where they were just not going to pass the ball. Uh, or Tony Temple and Rockers, uh, where they weren't going to pass the ball. And he had, I mean, literally one pl- pass that he had to defend, uh, and and he made a play on it, uh, and that was it. This week, I know you called the corpse, the corpse of Marvin Jones, and Christian he's, Kirk. He's, he's forty years old. I don't know Zay, how long Marvin Jones has been in the league, but he's forty-five years. And old. Zay Jones, uh, and with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, they're going to throw the football a lot more uh, than what the, the Titans did. So I I want to see what he looks like against guys and i'd like to see what he looks like yeah against their bet the best they have to offer that that'd be uh, that'd be interesting but 
I also um, think skill set wise, like it just makes sense, right? Because McDuffie is the guy that wins with quickness and he wins with technique. And that's kind of who uh, Christian Kirk is out of the slot as well. And I think Legereus Sneed is a little better against like the power guys. So I, I would like to see it just because I think skill set wise, it matches up better for the Chiefs too. It It is intriguing because this feels like a game where you could ex- experiment with something like that. Mm-hmm. Like not to totally disregard the Jaguars, but this feels like a game where you can experiment with personnel and kind of plug and play guys and see what you have there. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. Like it, it's Kirk and it's Travis Etienne and it's Trevor Lawrence. And that's about all they have to bring to the table offensively that you have to worry about. It's an interesting thing. I hope maybe we see some, some spaces where Kirk is playing on the outside, but I, I do want him to get used to playing the, the area of the field he's going to play. And I think this is a game where they have a chance to really confuse Trevor and Sneed is so good blitzing from from that spot on the field. Like I I, I could see Sneed getting one or two sacks in this, like making plays coming off the edge that 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 maybe Trevor doesn't completely see coming. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's a good idea. I like the thought of it, um, but. But I think defensively, that's like the number one thing is Trent McDuffie. I'm not certainly certain sure what he is because I think he has to be this team's number one corner. Like Did you guys hear his press conference this week? I didn't. We haven't gotten to spend enough time with Trent McDuffie. I'm in love with him. He's he's incredible. <laughs> he's elite. He's elite. I, I'm already him just and talking. Carlos Dunlap are the two heartthrobs <laughs> like, for Steven Service this so year. Good. Like man, he's like. So like, I mean, out of context, like, dude, like the way you came out of there, I'm in love with him. Oh, I don't, dude, I I don't think you've said that to a woman <laughs> like that. I'm in love. I'm in love. Like the way you, you said it he is, is the way that BK yeah. looked in his wife's eyes. Chiefs fans, if you haven't listened to that, you can listen to it on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network from the podium. Trent McDuffie spoke earlier this week. I'm and saying. man, listening to him, him break down film, I was like, look at him. That's my football crush. That's at, that's my guy. Look at his like, eyes. I am, I am <laughs> all on board with everything Dre McDuffie is selling right now. That's the way we look at our wives. God, I love you. God, I, lo- I love you. Listening. Did you hear him? Listening to him break down film is yeah. just took me. It's spectacular. Go back and listen if you can. It's spectacular. Let me let me just ask you this before we get to the game that sweeping the nation. Have you listened to it multiple times? Well, yeah, because I make cuts. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, this yeah, one was out of pleasure. Yeah. I, he'll say that it was work. This was pleasure for him. Let's this, be is like your, this is like your Dexter. You've watched 18 times over. And you're, you're just, man, did you hear that? Oh, God, all right. Certified or imposter? This, the, uh... You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. The game that is sweeping the nation, and I want to get I want to get down to it. This one, uh, this one didn't really have a, a, a strong caveat to it. Orlando Brown Jr. No caveat, like Orlando Brown Jr. Certified or imposter? Because we know what this offseason, what he was trying to get, and what he wants to get here. Certified or imposter? Go ahead, Certified, because I'll let you get it. While you're in love with him, I don't know if you're in love with him. No, nah, I mean I'm going to call him an imposter. Um... Uh, I we've talked about Orlando a ton before the season and you know none of us were like oh he's you know a top five left tackle in the NFL or something I think we all agreed like 
he's like a top 10 left tackle in football. He's a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker, but he's better than not having an answer there. What I've seen from him this season, he's still better than not having an answer there, but he's not worth giving a legitimate long-term contract to, in my opinion, unless it's at a dramatic discount based on what they offered him from last season. Like, this offensive line still needs to go through an overhaul. They still need to figure some things out for the long term to make sure what happened in the Super Bowl against the Bucks never happens again to Patrick Mahomes. But Orlando Brown can't be the guy that is your long-term option at left tackle that you pay a, a dramatic amount of money to. So for me, he's an imposter. Right now. I think yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, BK. I think what's weird about Orlando Brown is that I don't think he's been better than he was last year. And I expected him to improve because last year you you expected, okay, this is going to be a huge transition coming from the type of offense that they ran in Baltimore to what he's being asked to do here in Kansas City. And I thought overall he was pretty good. He, he did a pretty good job for the Chiefs. And I, I think sometimes he gets blamed for more than he should be because Mahomes, the way that he plays makes it difficult on his offensive line. And I, I don't know that he was like a problem specifically last week. But on the whole this season, if you're going to go out there and and act the way that he did in the offseason where you're asking for top money and you're acting like, hey, I, I don't care what you're offering me. I'm, I, I'm not signing for a dime less than a top five tackle contract. Man, I would think you'd be coming out and playing a whole heck of a lot better than he has been so far this season. So I, I have to say imposter. I, he's not a top five offensive tackle and I'd have to go through and look at specifically who the top 10 would be. I, I'm not totally sure right. that he's a top 10 tackle. I, I would say probably not. He's an imposter all the way. And like, <laughs> quite, quite frankly, he's, he's a right tackle. Like this team would be best off if he stayed on the team. If they had and, a better option, left tackle him at right tackle. And he talking about he, best offensive line in football. And he moved to the right side, and they made a priority. I don't know in the draft or something, but they made a priority to get a left tackle. He is just he like the way that he wants to get paid. I mean, even even if it's not to the level of because right now it, is, it damn sure ain't the level of what he was asking for. Even him. Like, he's going to drop down some more because they're not going to franchise tag him twice. Like, even if it's lower to what he was asking for. Like, I can't pay him top five tackle money. I, I can't do it. Like, not even five. I, I mean, it's got to come down because the way he wants to get paid and how you should feel about him, it should be, all right, we're good over there. We're good over there. And, all right, maybe a chip. But, but, but we're mostly good over there. Like, he should be fine. And I don't feel that way with him. I, I, I think he's better than 7-7. Than seven, seven. But I don't, think it's, I don't think it's by the margin that he's pushing to get paid for. Like, he, he leaks oil over there on that side, too. I mean, he got bull rushed by 0-9-4 last week. And I said, damn. I mean, that, I mean that, that's not what you hey, – you can have for your left tackle. Like he, I mean, he, he, I mean, he gave up multiple sacks last week. And I know one of them, I think one that we talked about wasn't his fault because Pat had one of them 15 step dropbacks uh, right into him, but a couple of them was like, dog, like, so I, I got to say imposter by the way he's playing. He just doesn't, he just doesn't make you feel like, all right, they're, they're cool over there. 
Like they're like he's he's got it over there. Like I mean, you know, when they they play some of these tough top pass rushers, I think he'll he needs help, just like seven seven needs help. And yeah. the way he's getting paid, that 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 ain't it, or wants to get paid, or hell no, the way he's getting paid, yeah. Spot rack has him right now. Uh, Ron, just to throw this out there, projected for a five-year deal worth $110 million in the offseason. I just don't know how you can do that. Like, I, you can't. Maybe they will, but given what we've seen from him so far this year, I just I don't know that that's going to be the best way for them to utilize their resources. I know they spent a lot on him in terms of draft capital. They, they basically gave up the equivalent of a first-round pick for him, but I don't know, man. I, I don't... You, I don't think that that's something that I would be interested in doing. But you've you've recoup recoup some of that back with the Tyreek Hill trade, so don't in like his don't play, make it. He's been a two year stopgap at offensive tackle yeah. at a minimum. If, and and if don't you, don't make it worse. Don't make a decision. Don't compound it. If you let him walk, you free up the money, and you can address it in some other way. You can address it in any other way, and so. And you probably get a third round comp pick. Like if you let him walk without trading him, you probably get a third round comp pick or you could franchise tag him and he can work out a long-term deal elsewhere. If you decide to do that, giving him a hundred million dollars based on his two year track record of play now just makes zero sense. Yeah. I can't get with it. All right. Prediction time as uh, Jacksonville comes to town chiefs uh, offense was, I mean, I, I mean, a, a C minus effort at the best against the Titans. I don't think they play two bad games in a row, um, and that was on national TV. I would say, to me, this feels like a 34-20 to 20 type game uh, for me with the Chiefs winning. Yeah, I was going to go somewhere around there, too. I've got 30-20. I, I think that it. I, I disagree with Pete. I think that it's a, what, 11-point spread in this one? Not an half. Down, so I, I think they cover the spread. I've got them covering just barely. Um, Chiefs win 30-20. to 20. Yeah, I think Jacksonville is a little feistier than some of us think. Uh, I think they've got some young talent, but inevitably, like, they're just not prepared for Patrick Mahomes and the level that Patrick Mahomes is playing at this season. And uh, I think I think they'll keep it a little closer. And every time I pick the Chiefs to win a blowout game, it just never works out that way. So I'm picking Chiefs 31, Jaguars 21 this week. Real, real quick, fellas, you think there's any kind of, you know, Doug Peterson – help any kind of Doug Peterson bump because as he's been familiar was with Andy was with this chief's offense. Any, you think that's a factor at all that helps Jacksonville? If anything, I think it's more incentive for Andy to try to beat him and and dial some things up. I also think it goes both ways, right? Like, yeah, sure. Maybe the Jaguars have a little bit more on the chiefs than some other teams do, but the chiefs also have more on the Jags because it's, it's a Doug Peterson offense, which is essentially an Andy Reid offense. So I'm not too worried about that. All right. Um, Hey, you get a, you get a, a nice noon game. Don't you? As uh, the, the post game show won't be at uh, one o'clock in the morning. Uh, I was feeling for you, man, but you guys killed it. You and Rocky killed it. I know you guys will kill it coming Thanks, up right post game right after. Yes, of course. You can hear the Arrowhead Pride post game or Arrowhead Pride rapid reaction show immediately following the game. I was very thankful that we didn't have another primetime game until December until the Chargers got flexed the following week. So get one nooner, and then we'll be back late night again the following. Yeah, the next four games, 720, 325, 325, 720. Enjoy yourself, Serta. All right, and they're all on national TV. 
That'll be great to go. All right. We are out.